We continue now with this marvelous story of uh, a woman apostle. Did you ever stop and think? There's another woman apostle in John, right? Who is it? This was a class I could wait till somebody answered, but I'm the only one I'm talking. Mary Magdalene. Go tell my followers. Go tell. She's the apostle to the apostles. Why? Same thing. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen him. And so she says exactly that. And when we get there, we'll see it ourselves. You see? When she goes there, what does she say? Oh, by the way, Jesus is alive. At least I think so. I, I, you know, no. She says, I have seen the Lord. And my friends, that is the church's witness. When the church cannot say that, it's no longer church. When the church cannot say, I have seen, I know him, I know who he is. The Holy Spirit has moved my heart. I know who he is. If the whole church, there's nobody can say that, it's not church. It's a nice philanthropic organization, I suppose, but it's not church. Church is, I have seen the Lord. So in her own way now, you see, this other apostle is doing the same. You know, the bona fide apostles, the guys our Lord's working with, they're out buying sandwiches. But she's over there witnessing to what the Lord did for her. You know, as I say, I've done street preaching. In one way or another, you've got to be able to say, look at what he's done for me. I can tell you that. I know that. You see? And uh, we have, my goodness, how many people in jail for murder are released? I'll tell you a story about one. Uh, uh, this fellow, African-American boy, when I met him, he was at a Christmas party for youth down in Washington. And here was this very handsome young fellow with a suit and tie on, and a Bible under his arm. As soon as I saw the Bible, he must be Protestants. Catholics never carry the Bible. And he was. So we're talking, and he said, you want to know my witness? I said, yes. Beautiful to hear the work of God. He said, well, I was in jail for murder. Armed, you know, murder and robbery. And while I was there, I killed another guy. And so here I am. My life is a mess. I'm on the phone these big jails, they have these great big like dormitory or barrack kind of places. There's a phone. So he's talking on the phone to a friend of his wife. And she said, good Baptist that she was, I bet. She said, you just put this phone down. You get on your knees over there by your bed and you ask Jesus into your life. So he said, I did. I hung up the phone. I went over there and you wouldn't believe it. I was filled with such peace I knew Jesus for the first time in my life. And I was walking around happy. Well, first I looked real happy. All the other guys were at the other end of this big barracks, like, you know. And uh, they're afraid. And I'm kneeling down, like she told me to. So they're afraid to come near me. I already killed one guy in jail. I mean, then one guy comes up and finally says, 
Did somebody die in your family, brother? He said, no, brother. Somebody just came to life in my family. So they let him out. It took three months. The warden, he said, the warden followed me. I look so happy. I must be up to something. Finally, after three months, they believed me. I changed. And they let me out. So I'm on the streets preaching every night to the youth. Don't make my mistakes. But on, he's a Baptist, I'm sure. But on Wednesday nights, I go over to the church uh, where there's a Catholic prayer meeting. And I go there and pray with them. Because, you know, I'm saved. But I'm not fully healed. You see that divine wisdom? i got to go and hang around with more mature people and learn from them and pray with them and then spend my nights on the streets telling these kids what he knows by experience. That's evangelization. I'll tell you another story like it. I'm doing this to create an atmosphere of the beauty of this Samaritan story. Two young seminarians, well, one young seminarian, who was a deacon at the time, actually, big, tall fellow, I know him, and that, in that seminary, they go out and preach on the streets on Friday night. That's a darn good seminary. Because you can't go out and preach on the streets if you don't have something to say. You can't go out and say, here, read this. I mean, you can't. He's out there preaching, and this African-American woman, blind, was talking to him. And he said, now look, there's a church right here. Why don't we go in and pray? She said, okay, let's do that. So they go in to pray, and he's praying. And the Lord said to him, put your hand on the back of her head. So he put his hand on the back of her head. And he prayed. And she got her sight back. Well, the best advertisement is a satisfied customer. She went all over uh, the town, a big city, telling what the Lord had done for her. That's another great way to evangelize, is to heal. Well, we can't just think, I'll decide to heal. I mean, we don't do that. But if the Lord uses us for healing, it's a big help in evangelizing, telling people. All right? But that sort of little introduction, we go back to our story. He told me everything I ever did. When then the Samaritans came to him. Now remember, this is Samaritans talking to a Jew. I mean, already how much has been overcome? You know? Uh, they asked him to remain with them. And he remained two days. Well, stop and think. Where did he sleep? Where did he eat? In people's homes, along with his disciples. They took in the whole crowd of these Jews and fed them and gave them a place to rest and sleep. The whole problem between Jew and Samaritan is resolved right here by the Word of God by the witness of Jesus to the Samaritan and the Samaritan to the town. You see, this is what Paul talks about in Ephesians, breaking down the barrier between Jew and Gentile by the power of the word, the truth. Not just word, 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 the truth. And so they asked him to remain with them. And he remained there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, no longer because of your declaration do we believe, for we have heard and we know that this man is truly our Savior. No. 
the Savior of the world. They grew, you see that in two days, they grew from zero to 5,000 miles an hour in two days. Now they're not only believers, they're, they're getting ready to be evangelists. This is the Savior of the world. i got to tell my uncle. Do you see the beauty of this story? Nobody is excluded from the kingdom of God. On the cross itself, one of the two bandists or insurrectionists, whoever they were, one of them said to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, I promise you, by the end of this day, you'll be with me in paradise. Now that's evangelization. And so you see, this story, which is so beautiful, has so many qualities to it. You see? Suppose you're standing in line in the grocery store and there's somebody right ahead of you. Oh, they're from another country. They may not even know English. and So you're not going to say anything. Take a chance. You don't have to say, do you believe in Jesus? You probably scare them away. Just say something like, where these prices are going up pretty soon, I'll take you all the money I got just to buy a sandwich. And they'll say, yeah, they'll agree with that. And now you're making, now whether you're supposed to do the whole job or just part of the job, you don't know. But you talk, and somehow or other, you say, I don't know what you're going to say. So I'm making this up as I go along. But you know, ever since I've come to know Jesus Christ, that that, uh, prospect doesn't frighten me doesn't frighten you. How come? You see? You can be inventive. And you have to be. And we're all called to be like the Samaritan woman. To come to know Jesus. And I promise you, He will work as hard with us as He worked with her. He's not even put off by her insults. How come you, a Jew and a man, are talking to me? Poof! You want water? Go swimming. And he goes right back. If you knew the gift of God, Christians are right away. That, that's the Holy Spirit, you see, when the reading is dead. And who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would ask of him, and he'd give you living water. All of a sudden, she's interested. The person, the way he didn't snap back at her, the way he just took her on. So she calls him Sir now. Gideon, Lord, Sir, you don't even have a bucket. How are you going to get water? And the, and the dialogue goes on, little by little, until finally she's saying, now because he told her about her life, he knows she's a prophet. She knows he's a prophet. Or like that deacon, you see, that woman knows is a living God. She just got her sight back. You see? And so she says, you know, I know when the Messiah comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And he says, I am he. Full disclosure. Ego imi. I am he. Now go, so then, you know, go call your husband. Whoa. And so then, uh, that was before. And now, she talks about prophet. He said, I am him. 
she runs home, leaves her water jug, which was the whole reason she came out in the first place, to go home and look at what she does. She doesn't go home and say, Whew, that was a beautiful experience. She runs down the middle of the street where she would not be the most respected citizen of the town, for sure, and says, there's a man out there who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And those people, she was convincing. You know, to just disclose herself like that, speak of her past like that, this woman must be sincere. And so they follow her out of town. And then he talked with them. Then they say to her, you see, now it's not just because of what you told us. We know for ourselves. This is the Savior of the Samaritans. That's not what they said, was it? This is the Savior of the world. Already, they're taking these Jews into their homes, they're feeding them, and they've met the man who's going to save the world. What kind of a conversion in a half hour happened in them? That's the power. Well, you say, that woman was lucky, after all. I mean, she had Jesus standing right there talking to her. We don't have that, like, in the same way. We have the Eucharist. And I promise you, if you say to Jesus, please start talking to me, he will. And you'll know that it's he. How long would it take? I don't know. He might be, you know, like, keep you waiting like he does some people. Why? To whet your appetite. So when he does come, you're just all that more thrilled. Amen.